The Monday Night Money Man. The Monday Night Money Man. We are back. And richer than ever. Holy smokes, people. How about a little stone cold right now to get you in the mood? I told you. I told you a month ago, people. I told you, take Baker Mayfield at one. Take Baker Mayfield at one. Make your money. 6K, baby. 6K. I told you, it came alive, and we beat Vegas. Don't trust anybody. Don't trust anybody. DTA, baby. DTA. I'm so excited, I don't even know what to say. What do you want from the Monday Night Money, man? You want more? Celtics series line was on that, plus 350. They'll beat the Sixers. But that's for another time and another pod, baby. Because right now, we're talking Cleveland Browns football. And I'm going to pub that Baker Mayfield all day, baby. We're on 20 minutes, and the clock starts now. Glad to have you back for another pen and paper series. This is episode three, pen and paper, and I got some clean takes to give it to all my loyal listeners out there excited for today's breakdown. Today's breakdown, we're going to be looking at the Browns draft, the first four picks. We're going to do rounds one, rounds two, and rounds three. Done a lot of deep research on the Browns draft. I got 11 pages of pen and paper, baby, and today we're going to look at about five of them. Browns took Baker Mayfield at one. We know that because we made money. Bling, bling. Cash checks. Hey, China, send me money. Thank you, Offshore. Denzel Ward at four. Bringing the Cleveland kid back. Mr. Nordonia coming back to Cleveland. Austin Corbett from Nevada coming in. Nick Chubb. Coming in at second round, 35th pick, and Chad Thomas, the end out of Miami. We're going to break down all five players today, give you some strengths and weaknesses, and uh, give our loyal listeners out there some clean, clean takes on what they can expect from their newest brownies. Glad to have you again. And number one overall pick, Baker Mayfield. How about this? Plus 3,300, plus 2,000, you name it, who cares? You got him in. You got what you deserved. A little bump in the bank account. Tax season may be over. Rue, 68. Old Russell Phillips. He might have done your taxes, but guess what, people? You got another little tax bump. You got another little bump in the bank account. Thank you, Baker. Thank you, John Dorsey, for keeping it silent. And there's nothing like outsmarting. Nothing like outsmarting the books. No doubt about it, baby. No doubt about it. Baker Mayfield, six foot five eights. I'm adding that five eights every time you can guarantee it because he should be listed at six one. Two hundred and fifteen pounds. 
I think I've told you enough about the guy. He was the pick. There's no doubt about it. But I do have a couple different takes that I'd like to get out here before I dive directly into Baker. First, the takes with the local media. This crap's got to stop. It's got to stop. Even Terry Pluto, who I said I like, I don't like his takes with it. In fact, it's downright ticking me off. Terry Pluto's talking about how he's got to give Baker the benefit of the doubt. Got to do this. Got to. Why don't you just do your job, people, and be a journalist? Why? We don't pay for your opinions. If your opinions have evidence behind them that you've done research and, and reporting on, then fine. I'm fine with it because that's dealt with your job. Baker Mayfield hasn't done anything wrong to a Cleveland reporter. I love how these Cleveland reporters are talking about how they're going to have to, you know, have thick skin with what? Why do you need to have thick skin with Baker Mayfield? Do your job. Report on it. How about you start by doing this? Watch his college film. You could watch the Oklahoma State game where he threw for 598. You could rewatch the Ohio State game where he absolutely lit us up. You could watch the game before it against UTEP where he went 19 of 20. Uh, you, you just watch Baker Mayfield. Okay, because if you would have done your job a month and a half ago, you would have got a 6K and a bank account bump, baby, baby. But that's all right. The Louisville boys will take that home. We'll take that home. Ship it. Let's get to the other guys really quick. If Sam Darnold was any good, guess what, people? If Sam Darnold was any good or safe, guess what, people? The New York Giants would have took him at two. So we don't need to worry about this Sam Darnold narrative. If he was that good in a stud, he would have went to two. He would have went to the Giants. They didn't take him. They took a running back and kept their aging roster going with a 37-year-old quarterback that got benched last year. And if you had him on your fantasy team, you know why he got benched. He was terrible. Eli Manning was terrible last year. Holy smokes. If Sam Darnold was any good, the Giants would have took him. Played Eli this year and let Sam Darnold slide in. Sam Darnold's 20 years old, walking into a locker room. You think he can handle New York? Guy couldn't even handle Cleveland. Lonzo Highsmith said he was number one on his board coming in out of the, at the end of the season. Guess what? Once they started meeting with him, he wasn't number one anymore. Baker Mayfield was. That tells you a lot about how a guy can walk into a locker room. And like I said on my last pod, if you don't think that matters... You're crazy because you got to be able to go into the locker room and you got to be able to control the environment. You got to be able to take precedent there. It's like walking into your high school gym, baby. They come up to you or do you go up to them? It's really, really simple. Now, if Darnold was any good, Giants would have took him, no doubt about it. Fact of the matter is Baker was that good, and I could care less about what any of these people or quote-unquote experts think. They're clueless. They don't know. Check the stats, baby. Check the stats. Lastly, if you want to know anything more about Baker, Lake Travis, Texas. What's pretty cool about Lake Travis, Texas is uh, Garrett Wilson just committed to the Buckeyes. He's a four or five star uh, wide receiver. He just committed to the Buckeyes. He's a stud. His film's stupid. And uh, he was actually on the Behind Baker documentary series. You can go to behindbaker.com or something like that and you can check up more on Baker Mayfield. It's pretty good. It's nine nine episodes. I really enjoyed it. Um, and uh, 
you know, it gets you a little idea of the chip on the shoulder, the personality. I think he's a good dude. And listen, why why should he have to prepare for the San Diego Chargers when this dude knew he was pretty much the, the, the worst case scenario for him was going to the Jets at three, and he knew it. He was going to the Jets, and they they were talking about on the behind Baker thing that the Patriots might move up to two, which would have been which would have been crazy, crazy, crazy. But that's pretty cool stuff with Baker Mayfield. Check out the Behind Baker documentary series. Any questions on Baker? If you do, you haven't been listening. Sorry. Bling, bling, chang, chang, Vegas, Vegas, Vegas. I'm in play this summer. Look out, baby. Pick one, around one, pick four. Denzel Ward out of Ohio State, cornerback. 5'11", 183. He's got nice long arms, 16 reps. When you have long arms, you should reduce your reps at 225. Dude pumped it 16 times at 225 at the combine. And don't listen to any of these numbers that aren't the combine. The combine's what you go by. At the combine, he ran a 4.32, which is one of the fastest times in the combine. And uh, he's the fast. I've been told, and I've been in the Woody Hayes Athletic Center. I've seen it on the board. He's at the top. In fact, I can tell you this for a fact. He's the fastest guy to come through Ohio State without a doubt since Urban Meyer's been there, and there's been talks that he's the fastest guy on a 40 time. They've had him at 4-2, you name it, 4-2s. He's 4-2-4, 4-2-5, 4-2-6. He's been in that range. That's what they have him at the board. I think a 4-2-7, 4-2-4. They have him in the, on the board sometime somewhere in that range. He had the longest broad jump, which is 11-4. And, and why do these things matter? Because the combine's not that big of a deal. But what do you want at the cornerback position? At the cornerback position, you want an elite athlete. How do we measure what an elite athlete is? We measure him by his abilities on drills, 40-time, broad jump, his lifting ability, his power, his vertical, all of these things. His vertical was a 39. That's a 39 vertical, 16 reps at 225, the 11-4 broad jump, a 4-3-2-40. This is what we call an elite athlete. This is an elite athlete, okay? Now you take that because you can see that the testable things are there and he's an elite athlete. But then you take that and you couple it with the idea that he played at Ohio State. And what I loved about this was Ohio State's defensive backs coach, Combs, Kerry Combs is now coaching for the Titans. He coaches an NFL style. He's one of the only modern, modern guys now, guys now, that actually coaches the press technique the way it's taught in the NFL. They do a great, I mean, you name their press technique. They, they do, Denzel Ward, I can tell you right now, does an unbelievable bail technique. Okay? It's the cleanest bail technique. His, his hips are fluid, smooth, and then he's got twitch on the break. Okay? And that's so key. And, and in the NFL, there's no harder position to play right now than corner because if you touch him, it's a flag. And he's got this smooth hip action and then the twitch to be able to make a play on the ball. And he made tons of plays on the ball this year. And a lot of teams didn't throw at him. And the only tough game that he really had was the beginning of this uh, season against Indiana where he struggled. But other than that, this guy, Ohio State fans that have watched this guy like him a lot because he came up through special teams, made plays when he was a young guy, special teams, and then he did nothing but make plays at the cornerback position. 
And with that off-press technique, with the smooth hips and explosion, with the quote-unquote twitch that he's been referred to by the Brown staff, all these things had up. And the dude hits. The hit against Maryland, the targeting, which was absolutely stupid with five O's, okay, that's an elite-level play. You are getting an elite athlete, and that's what you need at that position. I I like his demeanor, too, and I'm a big demeanor, and I've said this, body language – I like his demeanor. I think the guy is, I think he's comfortable in his skin. I think he's not, like, trying to be someone else. His father passed away a couple years back. He, he's soft-spoken. I think he's a good dude. And I've heard, I've heard multiple things from the Ohio State staff that, that he is a good dude, that he's reliable, that uh, they love having him around, that he's a team guy, that he hustles, that he shows up on time, that he's dedicated. That stuff matters. You want guys that are going to be on board and do special things and be committed to the organization. So I'm happy with it. And let's just comment on this, okay? This goes with this goes with a couple things with the Browns, and this is going to be the important factor of the pod, pen, and paper series number three today. And the important thing is this. You get a corner out there that's an elite athlete that can do this and have an off-press technique and flip the hips open. That allows you to bring the peppers, the angel safety, whatever it is, bring them back down in the box where he belongs because you're not worried about your corners getting beat over top. So what do you do? You have Ward. He can go on an island. You bring that corner. You bring that safety down, that angel safety that Greg Williams likes to play. And that allows you to get you know better in the box. The Browns PFF research. Browns ran more press technique last year than any team in the NFL. Okay, more press technique in the NFL than any other team. So with that, you draft a guy that's the best in the draft. And any of these guys that say he ain't the best corner in the draft, uh, they need uh, they need thrown in the ocean because they don't know how to watch film. They're biased and they're clueless on what it takes. Just like Joey Bosa wasn't the best end. I'll never get over that. He's slipping. He's falling. NFL Network had all these guys on there. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and, and just so you know, never watch anything or listen to any mock drafts by Maurice Jones-Drew ever again. The dude is clueless. Maurice Jones-Drew, go eat some more and get a larger back end. We're done with you. See ya. He gone. Now, last things on Denzel Ward. Here's a weakness, a little insider information here. He's not a big eater. He doesn't like to eat. Now, that matters because the Oakland Raiders were big on him in the pre-draft process. And the reason why this matters is he's 183 pounds, and they're going to have to put more meat on his frame. And that's going to be important. The question is, also for me, is is playing at home going to be a distraction? Because we all know the your family, your aunts, uncles, cousins they're all going to want a piece of the pie is that going to be a distraction hopefully it's not because i like the kid and i think he's going to be a great player for us he's going to allow us to do some things and uh, it's going to transfer me into my next player and that's our next player and that's austin corbett uh and the transitional piece of austin corbett is miles garrett and miles garrett people i'm telling you i just watched the nevada texas a&m game miles garrett is going to blow it up this year don't forget about the freak athlete that is known as Miles Garrett. I'm telling you, he's going to be unstoppable. He is a top five defensive end pass rusher in the league right now. I don't care about last year. He had ankle issues. He was a rookie coming in. 
all that, I'm telling you, he is going to blow it up this year. He is so stupid to watch on film. It's unbelievable. Another thing, any of these draft analysts or experts tell you that Brad Chubb was better than Miles Garrett, they are stupid. They're idiots. Don't listen to them. Brad Chubb was a volume guy. He was a hell of a football player. I'll give him that. But he was all based on motor. He was literally, he is peaked. That's what you're getting out of Brad Chubb. And he's going to be a good pro. He really is. But the level of upside that Miles Garrett has is nowhere. The bottom line with this is Brad Chubb is not even, does not have the physical attributes that Miles Garrett has. It's not even close. I don't want to hear it. Don't tell me you do this for a living if you think that Brad Chubb is a better prospect than Miles Garrett. You're clueless. Check the film. And I just checked the film because I watched the, t- the whole game in its entirety, Texas A&M versus Nevada 2015. And you really quick want to hear Miles Garrett's stat line in this game because there's going to be a positive and negative with this. Miles Garrett's stat line was seven tackles, four tackles for a loss, and three and a half sacks. Okay, and I watched the game, and he was stupid. And guess who the left tackle for was Nevada? Guess who the net left tackle for Nevada was? Austin Corbett. Austin Corbett, six foot four, three hundred and six pounds. Captain out of Nevada, redshirt senior, came in as an undra- uh, as a uh, walk on at two hundred and forty pounds. The reason why he was a walk on was because he had two knee injuries his junior year. That's why he wears the knee braces. He didn't really get recruited much. He got came in in Nevada as a walk on at two forty. Didn't really matter. Six six months later, the dude was pounding it at two ninety. Guy played. Uh, guy started forty eight of forty nine games at Nevada. He's got really solid technique. I've done a ton of research on this guy because I didn't know much with him. I wasn't familiar with him. He's got short arms at thirty three and an eighth. Pretty much the shortest arms of any tackle coming in. Uh, that had a uh, one to five, uh, one to four round projection. So they project this guy as an interior lineman. They kicked him in at the Senior Bowl and he played center. Uh, so the expectation is that he'll move to guard or center. However, he is not accepting it, and neither is, uh, neither is uh, Elliot Wolf or Alonzo Highsmith. They don't really know what this guy yet. I think they want to get him in the building and see what they got because they like him. But I think they want to get him in there and, and not really press him into something. Let me give you a quote. Um, on the expectation that he'll be moved from guard or to guard or center, uh, Austin Corbett said, that's definitely what a lot of projections are. But at the same time, I played four years at left tackle. I know I have the athleticism to get it done. I know I have the confidence as well. I like that. I like that. I like that from a kid that was a senior captain. That's not cockiness. That's confidence, and that's a good thing. We, we need that. He had 19 reps at the combine, which isn't great for having shorter arms. But, it, again, Joe Thomas had 20 reps, so it really doesn't matter as long as their technique is clean and his technique's really clean. Let me give you some paraphrases from some other things that I found out through research on other various things. It was a reporter, uh, Brenna Green. She did a real nice job. I don't know if she was a college student or whatever, but she has a, I think she worked for a Nevada newspaper. But she did some really good stuff with him. Um, he said uh, about playing center at the Senior Bowl, center felt natural. I felt really comfortable there. He played it back in the day, uh, youth football prior to high school. Um, so in that sense, I like that he said he, he his quote was, I feel natural here. I'm really comfortable. It's, it's not it's something that I thought was going to be artificial. I was smooth and clean with it. 
Joel Petonio said he's nasty. Joel Petonio knows him, has a relationship with him, is good because we have a great history of grafting linemen from the West Coast and them working out. Alex Mack, Joel Petonio, Mitchell Schwartz. We, I don't question our, our scouts out there. Our scouts, if we have relatively the same guys, they know how to draft linemen. And I'm pretty sure the scouts that drafted these guys, Mitchell Schwartz, Joel Petonio, Alex Mack, they're not the guys that got canned over the years. Um, so, back to the uh, Texas A&M game. Uh, Austin Corbett was on him a little bit. Uh, Miles Garrett. Ma- Austin Corbett actually gave up two sacks. I watched the game. Texas A&M uh, dominated the game. They were up for most of the time after the second quarter on. Miles um, Garrett looked stupid in it, and he was nursing an injury, which is just mind-blowing how freakishly athletic this guy is. Um, and uh, Corbett gave up two sacks. Uh, against Garrett, and both the sacks were not in the technique thing on an inside move or a bull rush. It was a speed thing. Garrett just speed rushed him on the outside, and not many guys can do that. Not many professional guys have the explosion to get off the edge like Miles Garrett. So in that sense, he did a nice job with the, with the technique. Nevada's quarterback just ran down on the line. There was zero pocket presence. And a couple of them, you're like, oh, my God, no, no, no. And it just it happened to, it happened to kill, kill him. It, he, Deshaun Hall was on the other side. Deshaun Hall got drafted by the Redskins, I believe, in the third round. And uh, he ate Deshaun Hall up. I'm telling you. He did a good job against Miles Garrett. He held his own. I mean, he gave up some sacks because they were down and they were passing every freaking time. But he had a solid game. The stats might not show that with Miles Garrett, if you think. But Miles Garrett, they kicked him over to that left side and he just ate. It was stupid. So in that sense, uh, in that sense, I liked I liked watching him in that game. That was 2015. This is three years later. So I think the guy's got some upside in that. Here's a couple things that I really like about Austin Corbett that not a lot of people know about. One, Austin Corbett is married right now. He's married. He has a wife. Her name's Madison. She's a former volleyball player at University of Nevada. Uh, she's from Dallas, and they've lived, he's lived in Nevada their whole life um, and uh, his whole life, and they're, they're ready to move to wherever he goes. So this guy's way mature about, uh, uh, past his years. He looks like Alex Mack, which is pretty hilarious, and I'm excited to see what we got here. Next guy's Nick Chubb. I'm not going to dive in a lot with Nick Chubb because I think there's enough on him. 5'11", 227, 40 at the combine, 29 reps, 38.5 on the vertical. He saw it. Uh, you know, a couple cool things. He's from Chubbtown, Georgia. The history of that place is it's one of the it's the first ever community that was uh, that began uh, by it begun by uh, freed slaves. It's pretty cool. So it's Nick Chubb, Chubbtown. So it's pretty cool. Huge recruit out of high school. He was a five star. He had an absolute terrible injury at the first game at Tennessee a couple years back and uh, he really hasn't got that clean explosion that he had uh, since Um, but uh, other than that this guy's a production guy he's a one move he runs through arm tackles he's a one move downhill runner he fits Cleveland he's I don't think he was our first choice in fact I think we wanted uh, Richard Penny out of San Diego State with the 33rd pick and then we were going to take Corbett at 35 however it changed their their uh, perspective and they bumped Corbett up and they they pulled Chubb their next guy so with this, a couple things. His knee surgery, he tore every single ligament in his – he tore his knee up. 
but he didn't. His ACL was still intact. And if you watch, it was the first carry at Tennessee. It's nasty. And uh, it's nasty. But James Andrews was in on the surgery. So I have faith in James Andrews with all of his history with uh, surgeries and uh, everything that he's done for professional players. So James Andrews was in on the surgery. He's a solid player. You see what you get. I would be surprised if this guy lit it up. He's not that, it's not his style. He's more of a committee guy, which I think is good because you don't want to have. Carlos Hyde is a is a is a uh, bell cow. You want a guy to come in. I'd like to see Nick Chubb get six to eight carries a game, and I think he'll be effective if he does that. I'm not a big fan, but I, I like I like it because he's a good guy. Another guy that's a good guy in the building, and it's something we can build off of. Next guy, Chad Thomas. Chad Thomas, 6'5", 281, defensive end out of Booker T. Washington High School out of Miami. A lot of guys. Uh, that's the Antonio Brown area. Those, a lot of guys come out of there. Uh, like I said, 6'5", 281. Uh, he ran a 4'9", 240. He didn't bench. I wonder what the mystery on why he didn't bench. There's uh, His vertical is 29, which I don't like. That is just not very good. Um, during the season, he played at 265, which means he put on 16 pounds. And the reason why is he's not explosive off the edge. I, 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 I want to like Chad Thomas, but when you hit the play button, and I watched the Duke game, I watched the Florida State game, I watched two games on him, okay? Uh, and I watch the defensive plays on all these games. There's not a lot of explosion. When you hit the play button, the explosion is not there. He makes average plays. His junior year had 37 tackles, 11 tackles for a loss, and four and a half sacks. His senior year, uh, he had 41 tackles, 12 and a half tackles for a loss, and five and a half sacks. You're not seeing any technique on the outside. You're not seeing any outside technique, any rip through. He's very poor with his hands, which I don't like. I don't like pass rushers that have poor hands. I like violent hands, and he doesn't have that. He needs to add more muscle. He doesn't look like he's toned into his body. The great thing about this is reading up on him and looking at some stuff, he has the body to be able to add muscle to it, and that's good. He has the frame. 6'5", 280, he's big dude. Now he's a music producer, and when you hear that, you're thinking, oh, well, you might laugh and stuff. He's a big-time music producer. He knows how to play nine instruments. He's extremely talented with uh, music and instruments and producing. He's produced Rick Ross and other various rappers. I found out that one of his favorite rappers is JT Money, who da who da who da who da who da who da who and Mystical. So he is gonna, uh, he's going to play to the Louisville crowd because JT Money, big fans of JT Money, and mystical so he's produced rick ross and other uh various artists uh music artists so it's pretty cool uh cleveland gets him is this a good thing because they're getting him out of the miami scene and he's gonna have to focus on football if he wants a football career and maybe being in cleveland that's a good thing some of the cons that i have with him uh and i agree with this like i said hands aren't violent and he needs to get off quicker there's no burst from getting off the line of scrimmage and i need to see that the majority of time, he is the low man, which I like because he's an in I, I think he's going to play more three technique, but I don't know because Miles Garrett can play that too. But the versatility is there, and I like that because uh, we're getting these D linemen that are versatile. So maybe we got something here, and I'll trust John Dorsey's ability to be able to, to check this out. And you know Alonzo Highsmith went to Miami, so he's got an in there. So we have some good scouts on the Miami front. So it's pretty good stuff. Baker Mayfield, Denzel Ward, Austin Corbett, Nick Chubb, and Chad Thomas are five draft picks in the first by uh, in the first three rounds and folks if you haven't know if you don't know about it yet the Browns are on the up and up 
and we're going to continue to give you clean takes here at the Never Ending Glory Podcast. And Stone Cold said it, and don't forget it, don't trust anybody, baby. You trust one name and one name only, the Never Ending Glory Podcast, baby. Pen and paper, episode three, be out.